Today FM. Oh, it's on. And so the race is underway. Richard Bruton is out. Francis Fitzgerald is out. Simon Coveney is in. And Leo Varadkar is in the lead and possibly on his way to government buildings to be the next Taoiseach. I'm Gavin Riley, and that was the week. We'll get to all the developments in the Fine Gael leadership saga in just a few minutes. But before we do that, there was one other story in the Dáil this week, which will be forgotten about if we don't get there early. And so we did want to touch upon it. It was an interesting story of what happens when the government is distracted. And it does raise the whole question marks about whether Dáil votes are actually binding and whether, in fact, the parliament, the directly elected body set there by citizens of the people and all of that, whether that in turn actually has the power to instruct the government to act in certain ways and it all boils down to the sale of AIB but not rather all of AIB but instead 25% of Ireland's shares in AIB. Fine Gael has made plans to try and sell off 25% of those shares for quite a while. It reckons it could possibly yield up to 3 billion euro by doing so and it would use that money to pay down the national debt which was partly incurred by having to bail out the likes of AIB in the first place. Labour doesn't want it to be that way. Labour says that in fact the economy is getting big enough that perhaps we can sustain the amount of national debt that we have. So instead of paying it down, we should use the AIB money to invest in other big capital projects, the sort of stuff that makes the country nicer to live in and provides more work for construction in the meantime. Of course, the problem is that EU rules don't allow us to do that, that the EU would effectively consider the money to be something of a windfall and would require us to put it towards debt reduction. Labour say instead we should campaign to try and have the money put towards other things. And so they tabled a dull motion asking for just that. Here is what happened on Thursday during the weekly block voting time when that motion was put to the doll. <laughs> Back for election cast. It's carried. Who? No, no, no. Nobody called the vote. No. So it's carried. We move on now to the Dublin Transportation Proposed Division. What you've just heard there is in fact the government forgetting to call a vote, forgetting to say that it opposes Labour's move and actually allows Labour's motion to go ahead undisturbed. And so the Dáil passes a motion that says we shouldn't sell our shares in AIB. The government then says, oh, hang on, that was a mistake, but we all know what the policy is, so we'll just go and ignore it anyway. Labour says, hang on, that's that's dull policy, you can't do that. And so, in the midst of all the Fine Gael stuff, there was a little bit of a constitutional bun fight about whether, in fact, the Dáil can instruct the government to have certain policies. Lo and behold, on Friday morning, it then discovered that not only had the government accidentally forgotten to call a vote on a motion it didn't like, but that the sale of AIB shares could happen within the next three weeks as one of Michael Noonan's final acts as Minister for Finance. And no doubt we'll be coming back to that in a couple of weeks' time. Today FM. But it's obvious that there is only one really major political story this week and it is of course the decision of Enda Kenny to retire as Fine Gael leader and trigger a new election to replace him and become Fine Gael's first new leader in 15 years as well as the presumptive next Taoiseach and leader of the Republic of Ireland. Now, 
this is a sort of tricky situation where things will move so quickly over the weekend and there will be so many declarations and twists and turns that it probably doesn't make a huge amount of sense for me to spend a whole lot of time going over the events of the last couple of days and where things stand because the podcast could become very quickly outdated. But I did want to remark on one slightly curious thing about how Enda Kenny had managed his departure. And if you've bought into all of the coverage about how Enda Kenny was desperate to become Finnegale's longest-serving Taoiseach, a record which he managed to achieve in the last week of April, that now he has served longer in office as a Finnegale Taoiseach than any other Finnegale Taoiseach has ever done before, you would get the perception that Enda Kenny is perhaps quite sentimental, that he does tend to look at how history will portray him. And if that is the case, the curious thing is that we can't play you in this podcast any announcement where Enda Kenny said he was going. Because what he did was announce it quietly in a room of Fine Gael TD senators and MEPs, at the same time tweeting a statement and then leaving. And he's made very few public appearances since. In fact, he was only stopped very briefly by journalists on the way into an event on Thursday morning, the morning after he had announced his departure, where he had very little to say at all. And so Enda Kenny hasn't really had what you might consider a reeling in the years moment where he's announced his departure, that there will be no historical uh, thing where he says, this is what I'm doing. That, of course, is pending the possibility that he might make some sort of dull statement when he is eventually stepping down as Taoiseach. Um, as it stands right now, on the Friday evening that we're recording this podcast, Leo Varadkar has quite the extensive lead over Simon Coveney, and it is the sort of lead that might almost seem insurmountable. A quick tangent here to talk about the mathematics. The Fine Gael Leadership Contest is an electoral college where the parliamentary party, that is to say TDs, senators and MEPs, has 65% of the total vote. The party's councillors, of whom there are about 250, have another 10%. The remaining 25% is cast by ordinary members, so they could potentially have the sway. Now, there is 21,000 of them, so an individual's vote might not matter too much, but if, if the general body of Fine Gael members wants to vote to go one way or another, that could be decisive. But there are only 73 members of the parliamentary party, and they account for 65%. That means that every single member of the parliamentary party is in effect worth almost 1% of the total electorate. And right now, when Leo Varadkar has almost double the support of Simon Coveney, it means that Coveney would need, well, almost two-thirds, perhaps almost three-quarters of the votes of the councillors and ordinary members. And it just seems like a very, very big ask for the ordinary members to be so against the apparent will of the parliamentary party. But we won't go into too much more. So instead, because it's going to be a tricky situation and I don't want to go into in-depth analysis that could then be overturned in about 12 hours, instead we're going to play you the full press conferences from each of the two campaign launches. We'll start on Thursday outside Fine Gael HQ on Mount Street in Dublin where Simon Coveney announced he would be running for leader of Fine Gael. First of all, good, good morning everybody and thanks for, uh, for, for being here. Uh, the first thing I'd like to say uh, is to pay tribute to Andy Kenny. Uh, he has made an extraordinary contribution uh, to our political party and to Ireland. Uh, and it's been a privilege for me to work as a minister with him for the last six years through some dark periods for Ireland. Uh, he is somebody who has provided hope and optimism, endless energy uh, and great leadership uh, through a very difficult period in Irish history. Uh, and I think uh, he will be judged very positively for that, and he should be. Uh, and I want to thank him for all that he's done, the sacrifices he's made personally, uh, as indeed have his family. Uh, many of us know what that feels like, uh, and uh, I think it's appropriate today that I would start by, by recognising that. Secondly, I want to thank uh, all of my colleagues uh, who are officially nominating me 
uh, to be a candidate in the leadership contest for Fine Gael. Uh, and ultimately uh, the leadership contest potentially to be Taoiseach in a few weeks' time. Uh, for me, uh, I'm in politics uh, to be positive, to be constructive. Uh, I want to lead a party and lead a country that can heal many of the divisions that have opened up over the last decade or so. Unfortunately, politics in recent times uh, has been about cynicism, has been about negativity, has been about dividing communities across Ireland, urban and rural, rich and poor, young and old, uh, Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland. Uh, and I want to be a Taoiseach that can change that and can change the mood of a country and change the direction of politics in Ireland through honest, hard work, through big ideas, through a sense of real social justice. And most importantly, every decision I make will be on the basis of a value system that this party holds dear. That's why I'm in Fine Gael. That's why the people behind me are in this political party and not in other political parties. Uh, we want to map out a new vision for Ireland that can unite Ireland across communities in Ireland uh, so that people can get excited about what their country has to offer them in the future and that people can get excited by what their government has to offer. Fine Gael, I think, has proven uh, over the last six years that we can manage a crisis, that we can rebuild an economy that was fundamentally broken by bad politics before we got into government. Now we need to stretch this party uh, to actually rebuild a strong society in Ireland. That is what I'm in politics for, not to manage an economy, but to make people's lives better. Uh, and so that is why it is such a privilege for me to have an opportunity to outline a vision over the next 15 or 16 days or so to convince my colleagues that I am the person that can lead this party forward with positivity, strong leadership and optimism. And most importantly, I hope, uh, I can be a Taoiseach that can unite this country again uh, behind believing in itself uh, as a country that wants to change, modernise, be tolerant, uh, be open to new ideas and big ideas uh, that can actually rebalance this country away from the dominance of Dublin uh, so that rural people and rural par parishes can believe in their futures again. Uh, and the experience I've had in politics over the last nearly 20 years particularly in the last six, has been a Minister for Agriculture that has visited vir virtually every parish in the country, as well as now a Minister for Housing, which is a job I asked for, to try to actually rebuild communities, particularly vulnerable communities, uh, so that we can solve stains on our record in terms of homelessness uh, and in terms of the need for social housing provision and so on. I want to extend that now well beyond the briefs that I've been involved in to provide that kind of positive, strong leadership that can focus on uniting Ireland from the divisions that, unfortunately, uh, politics has been known for uh, over the last uh, 10 years or so. Uh, so it's a privilege. It's actually quite a humbling experience to ask your peers, your party members, uh, local public representatives around the country to support and understand your vision and what you're about. Uh, but that is what I look forward to doing over the next few weeks. Uh, in some ways, there's been a bit of shadow boxing, as many of you will know, for the last few weeks. Now it's all out in the open. Uh, and I think and I hope uh, that my message will find favour. I'm confident that it will. Fine Gael has to be and will always be, if I'm leader, a party that represents everybody. Whether you're somebody, unfortunately, who slept on the streets last night, or whether you're somebody living in a mansion, we need to be a party that celebrates and supports success and not apologise for that, 
but we also need to be a party that reaches out and helps vulnerable people, people who have never voted for this party and who may never vote for this party or may never vote for anybody. You are just as important to me as a potential Taoiseach as somebody who's voted for Fine Gael all their lives. And that is what this party is about. That's what makes us different to other political parties who only aim to represent certain segments of Irish society. Uh, and that is why we want to remain the party of government and we want to remain, remain the largest party in this country. And I think under my leadership, we can do that. So, you have a message for uh, Michael Noonan, who has uh, just announced that he uh, does not want to be considered uh, in the cabinet reshuffle and will be retiring at the next election. Yeah, I do. I, I, I have a message of thanks for him. Um, I think Michael Noonan has played probably the most significant role uh, in rebuilding our economy from uh, the very, very broken state uh, that Michael Noonan founded in when he, become, uh, when he became uh, Minister for Finance. Uh, he has been an extraordinary leader within government. He has been a voice of calm, of intelligent commentary, uh, a really steady hand through a very difficult period when there was tension between Fine Gael and the Labour Party in particular in the last government. Michael Noonan normally was the one who found a middle ground to move forward on. Uh, he has made, as Enda Kenny has, an extraordinary contribution to public life in Ireland. And he will continue, I think, to have a big influence on Fine Gael through this contest and into the future. Uh, I consider him a friend of mine, uh, and he's someone who I've learnt a huge amount uh, about politics and about life from. Uh, and I hope to work with him in the future. Minister, have you made promises to anybody in exchange for support in terms of cabinet positions the next time round? And is the objective here to get as many of the current cabinet to support you for your run and will you be disappointed basically if you, if you can't win them all over? No, I haven't made promises. Uh, I think people who know me know that that's not really my style. Uh, for me, um, the Fine Gael party has to be about the country first and foremost. Uh, and so what I will be doing is talking about the kind of country that I want to create as a political leader. Uh, I'm very clear on what that is. Uh, I'll be outlining that vision in some detail uh, over the coming weeks. Uh, and I think that Fine Gael people will respond to that because that's what this party is about. Uh, and some of the great leaders that we've had in the past have actually changed society, they've modernised Ireland as well as managed a strong economy. And that's where Fine Gael needs to be right now. Yes, strong economy, but also uh, a fair society, a stronger society where people believe that they can be part of that. And the core value system in Fine Gael is opportunity for everybody. Yes, responsibilities that come with that, of course. Um, but some parties in Ireland talk about a virtual dependency culture that they want to build uh, their political vision on the back of. Uh, Fine Gael is not about that. Uh, and I think that when people hear what I have to say about what I want to do for the party, uh, to create a fighting force within the party for the next general election in terms of the management systems in the party, but more importantly, I think, for Fine Gael people, what I would like to do as a Fine Gael Taoiseach uh, for the country uh, and where I'd like to take this country given the experience we've been through over the last eight or nine years. We'll have to wait and see. You know, I think this is day one uh, of a 16-day campaign. Uh, I'm lucky to have one of the cabinet members standing beside me today. Uh, he's somebody who I have huge time for uh, and it seems he has good time for me too. <laughs> um, uh, we worked very closely together uh, during the, um, that period when we put the government together. Um, and I think we understand each other's strengths, and that's why I'm delighted to have him with me. But I, I hope also to have other cabinet members. Uh, I'm sure Leah will have some cabinet members too. You know, um, uh, I think the party is going to have a very competitive contest here, uh, and I hope that brings out the best in people, 
I hope it unites the party and strengthens the party um, so that when this is all over, we will come together, focus on providing strong, positive government with big ideas uh, that people can get excited about. How close is this going to be? I mean, in the end, you must have a, a ballpark. And how many undecideds are there really uh, out there? Well, you tell me, Martina. You're the one. You're the one who's been calling it. <laughs> so, uh, look, I, I think it'd be very close. That's the truth. Um, and uh, you know, the, uh, you're, you're going to have to wait and see. I'm sure you'll be commenting on it most days for the next 16 weeks and uh, 16 days. 16 days. So, um, um, sorry, I meant to say you have been commenting on it for the last 16 weeks. Um, but no, look. Uh, the reason why I think there's so much interest in this uh, is because. Uh, people don't know who is going to win. That's the truth. Uh, I think the party is going to go through a very positive experience now of having a debate in the national uh, spotlight. Uh, and we will conduct ourselves uh, as Fine Gael should do, uh, professionally and positively. Uh, but this will be a competitive contest, make no mistake about that. It'll be a competition for ideas. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm fighting for the soul of this political party uh, in terms of where I want to take it in the future. Uh, and its value system. Uh, that's what's important to me. That's why I'm in politics, um, and uh, and that's why I hope to be the leader. Is this a left? Is this a left-right choice? Honestly, I don't know um, um, uh, how much it'll cost. It's not going to be a hugely expensive campaign. Um, I mean, <laughs> no, look, I mean, I, I, I don't have an exact answer for you on that. What I'll be doing is a number of things. I'll be writing to our membership. Uh, I'll be turning up uh, in meetings virtually every night, talking to our membership. I'll be meeting our councillors, driving around the country. There is some expense to that in terms of booking rooms and hotels and covering the cost of postage and so on. But there won't be a whole lot else outside of that. Uh, this, is, this is a marketing job. Uh, I need to get my message out there. Uh, and we will ensure that we do that using all of the media that's available to us. Uh, and ultimately, uh, you know, for, from my perspective, that, that is a price worth paying uh, in terms of what's at stake. Okay, so can you clarify who are the eight names of the people behind you who have actually formally nominated you? Well, I think I think we we have about twenty actually. Uh, I can give you I can give you a list of them afterwards. But it's uh, uh, some people are emailing in because they're in Strasbourg. People like Darren Murphy aren't here. Uh, we have MEPs who aren't here, obviously, uh, and um, so it's, I mean, my job was to be comfortably more than eight people nominating me, so I think we're, uh, we're comfortably there. We can distribute the list, yeah, yeah of course. Is this a left-right choice for Fine Gael members and for the Oireachtas members? Are you offering yourself as a kind of a just society, Declan Costello, Garda Fitzgerald tradition? Is that where you're coming from? Well, I mean, I'll talk about what I'm offering. Uh, I'll leave any other candidates to talk about what they have to offer. But my choice, uh, uh, the choice that I'm offering our membership uh, is strong, positive leadership that, that is about bringing people together rather than allowing the kind of divides and protest politics uh, that has been, uh, unfortunately, to the fore over the last 10 years or so. Uh, and I believe that this party has always been about social justice as well as competent economic management. That's why I'm a part of Fine Gael. I, as I've said many times, I'm not just in this party to support the people that vote for this party. Uh, this party needs to stretch itself. Uh, it needs to represent everybody. It needs to broaden its appeal. Uh, and I think we will do that on the basis of, of honesty, of a value system that people can trust and believe in. I mean, the biggest challenge for politics today, in my view, is actually trust. You know, no political party in Ireland has the support of more than 30% of the population. That has never been the case. 
since independence in Ireland. We have a fractured, splintered politics at the moment where a lot of people who are elected to the Dáil and Shannad, when they get up in the morning, they think about the next protest that they want to organise. They make no positive contribution, in my view, to actually a future vision for the country. Uh, and so what this party needs to be about is connecting emotionally with every household in the country. Yes, with a strong economic message around job creation, around innovation, around supporting entrepreneurship. That is actually the basis of what we can uh, build upon for Fine Gael. But we also need to be talking about the social change that needs to happen in this country and the big strategic change on the back of big ideas. Uh, and I think you know, some of the ideas that I launch over the next few days um, I think will be proof of that in terms of what I believe in. But I would also ask people to judge me on my record. You know, when I was in agriculture, I think I injected an optimism and a positivity and an ambition in the food industry that has really taken us to a new level. Um, when I was in defence, uh, we, uh, we produced a new white paper mapping out the next 10 years for the defence forces. We sent a ship to the Mediterranean to actually uh, show that we could respond in a very practical way to a human tragedy in the Mediterranean. Um, I asked for the Ministry for Housing because I happen to believe that it is the most important brief in government right now in terms of changing people's lives because of the pressures that so many people and families are under linked to housing and housing shortage. Um, so, you know, what I'm about is making things happen uh, on the basis of helping vulnerable people and supporting talent and success in Ireland. Uh, and I will continue to do that, I hope, as Taoiseach. <laughs> Look, uh, um, that, de that depends what you, what, you, um, what you describe as the X factor. For me, it's about delivery. Honest, strong delivery. Uh, for me, it's about helping people in their lives. Uh, I don't think that a family living in a hotel room this evening is looking for a Taoiseach with an X factor. They're looking for a Taoiseach who'll solve their problems. Uh, that's what I'm about. Uh, I think that, that people... Uh, who look to a Taoiseach and look to politics for a new type of Ireland that can actually uh, learn from the mistakes of the last 20 and 30 years. And we have many mistakes. Uh, I'm exposing some of them in the context of housing at the moment. Uh, they want people who can improve their lives. And that is what I'm about. I'm not about a glib soundbite uh, or a, a, a clever put-down. Uh, for me, uh, I'm about actually changing things for real. Uh, and I have people supporting me in the party today who I think believe in that type of politics. Minister, if, if you were to win, could you guarantee that you have Leo Varadkar in your cabinet and maybe Simon Jr. might tell us why he picked you over Leo Varadkar? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, Leo's a talented guy and he'll be involved in the future of the party one way or the other. Um, I'm not going to start naming cabinet positions. But look, of course, you know, uh, both Leo and I have spoken uh, before this contest formally began. We spoke yesterday. Uh, and uh, whoever wins this, um, uh, we will work together to, um, uh, to, to build and strengthen the party. And more importantly, we'll work together to, um, to be very effective in government. Sorry, sir. Uh, do you believe that you or any of your, um, of your so-called camp have been the subject of negative campaigning from, from the overall Okay, you know, I'm not interested in negative comment, to be honest. It's just not really in my character. I'm not very good at that. Um, what I'm interested in is talking about what I want to do. Um, what I, I think that they have been... Uh, well, you know, I leave, other, I leave others uh, make that commentary. Uh, for me, this campaign should be positive. Uh, it should be a contest for ideas. Uh, and it should be a discussion around the value system that drives us in Fine Gael. Uh, 
Um, and that is the territory that I'm comfortable on. That is the territory that I think Fine Gael people want this debate uh, to, to be based on. Uh, and uh, and that'll be my approach right the way through this uh, okay, this contest. We're going to take two more questions, just Minister, two more, okay? Minister, uh, yeah. imposed by newspapers and by uh, parties have shown that Leo Bradford does have a connection with the people, with, with a lot of people who don't vote for Fine Gael. I mean, is that not a factor that party members should bear in mind that this that Leo Bradford has a charisma that um, could boost the party support? Well, I mean, it, it depends what poll you look at. You know, uh, different newspapers uh, and different polls. Ha- have been taken. I think there was a poll in the uh, in the Independent yesterday that had me ahead. So you know the the. No, but like those polls are about members. I'm talking about the. No, the no, no, it wasn't actually. It was the public. Um, so, so you know, let's let's wait and see. You know, this is a contest uh, for an electorate within the Fine Gael membership. Um, but you know, I'm I'm very confident uh, that actually the general public would also respond to the message that I'll be carrying throughout this campaign. Uh, and I think if you look at trends over the last number of months uh, in terms of the work rate and the, the delivery that I'm trying to bring about within government in the areas that I have responsibility for, uh, you know, I think building on that now can gain favour uh, across the, the country with the broader public. Uh, and I'm very comfortable with that. Okay, Michael um, hasn't been in yet, and this is the last question. Thank you. When you're about balanced regional development, is that a message to the Fine membership that you will be the best teacher for the whole country as opposed, as opposed to maybe a Dublin candidate who might continue more concentration in Dublin? Yeah, I mean, look, I think both candidates can, can represent the whole country. I certainly hope they can, because, um, you know, Fine Gael is a party of rural parishes uh, as well as urban communities. Uh, the most ambitious project that I've been working on in politics, actually, from a policy perspective, is called the Ireland 2040 Plan. Uh, it's about uh, two weeks away from being finalised in terms of first draft uh, that I had planned to bring to Cabinet. Uh, that is about fundamentally rebalancing the country for the sake of Dublin as well as for the sake uh, of other cities and towns uh, and, and rural counties. Uh, and, it, and on the back of that, we need to have a very significant uh, capital investment programme to make it real. Um, but undoubtedly, if we look at the last 20 or 30 years, we have seen a, total unsustainable, a totally unsustainable way of developing as a country, uh, almost by accident. Uh, I want to change that. Uh, I want to put in place uh, a 10 to 20 year vision for the country uh, that is ambitious, that is quite radical, as people will see over the next um, few days. Uh, And I think that many people living outside of Dublin uh, will start believing on the back of that, that actually they can look forward to, uh, to a very positive, vibrant future in their part of Ireland, as well as having a plan for Dublin, of course, which needs to be the most dynamic international city in the European Union. Uh, and I think Dublin can be, uh, can be that. So, so yeah, I'll be talking a lot about uh, rebalancing development uh, and how this country might look in 10 or 15 or 20 years' time if we get that right. And so, that is the full launch held by Simon Coveney on Thursday morning where he announced he would be running for leader of Fine Gael. Let's move forward to Friday morning where Leo Varadkar didn't actually call the media to talk to him but rather to talk to Pascal Donoghue who had, that morning, declared his support for Leo Varadkar. As it happens, it was Leo Varadkar's first time speaking to the media and so this is what he had to say. Well, first of all, uh, thanks very much for coming to Leo Street. Uh, the constituency of Pascal Donoghue and the constituency of my birth. <laughs> so um, just really wanted to, first of all, thank Pascal for his endorsement and his support today. Uh, this is the first time I've spoken to the media in a number of days. Uh, so I would like to start by uh, paying tribute to Enda Kenny, 
um, our outgoing Taoiseach and party leader, uh, someone who uh, brought our party from uh, the edge of extinction to a point where we uh, are now the lar- largest party in the state and uh, I think history will judge him well and we all, all, all owe him an enormous debt of gratitude. And I also want to uh, pay tribute to my colleague um, uh, Michael Noonan uh, who uh, really is the towering politician of his generation um, has done a wonderful job uh, for the country as finance minister has had a fabulous career across four decades and is somebody of wise counsel and I do hope that into the future uh, his counsel and, and advice will still be available to all of us uh, certainly it will be welcome uh, and be listened to uh, if it is offered um, today I want to confirm that uh, I will be a candidate uh, for the Fine Gael leadership uh, vacancy. Um, <laughs> I, um, um, I want to start by thanking um, all of the people who have gone public uh, to support me. Um, I'm really humbled uh, by the level of, report, of support that I've received from uh, our senators initially, uh, our TDs, um, uh, our ministers, councillors around the country, uh, and also uh, an enormous number of volunteers who have offered to help out in the campaign. And uh, I'm really humbled. Um, I'm really grateful for that. Uh, I'll be launching my campaign formally tomorrow in Dublin, and after that, taking the campaign to the country. Really looking forward to taking the campaign to the councillors and to the members. Uh, it was my proposal uh, back as a young member in my early 20s um, that the leadership of Fine Gael shouldn't be just about TDs and senators, because Fine Gael is about more than TDs and senators, that councillors and members should have a say. And I'm really looking forward to uh, taking the campaign uh, out of Dublin uh, and having that engagement with the party and the country as a whole. Uh, essentially, I'll be... Um, saying two things. Uh, First of all, I'll be asking people to support me uh, as I believe that uh, I can um, modernise and transform Fine Gael, make it a campaigning party and a fighting force again, and open a conversation with people who don't support us, people who've lost faith in us, or people who've maybe never considered voting for Fine Gael, uh, but to start that conversation with them. Uh, And most importantly, uh, I want to take the country forward. We've been through uh, a really difficult recession Uh, which is now over, but the wounds uh, caused by that recession uh, are still uh, very real uh, and many of them are are still open. Uh, And we are now at a crossroads as a country, in my view. Uh, We can repeat the mistakes of the past, uh, allow ourselves to lose control of public spending, fuel the property market, um, repeat many of the mistakes that were made in the past. Uh, Or this time we can get it right. And I'm determined as a country that we should get it right. And that means being prudent about our public finances, keeping things on an even keel. And by doing that, allowing us to have a more ambitious and more expansionary economic policy, uh, one that allows our country to develop and expand, uh, and also developing, uh, which I think is of crucial importance, a new new social contract. Uh, One that says to people that if you contribute to the system, the system is there to support you. And also says to people uh, that everyone should have an equal opportunity in this society to succeed. And they don't currently. Uh, And I'm a lucky person in that um, I've had enormous opportunities uh, in my life. And I'd like everyone to have uh, the opportunities that I've had. And I know that's not the case. And that's something I want to change. And I'm inspired today uh, by something that uh, one of the founders of my political movement said 100 years ago, um, Michael Collins. And he said that he foresaw an Ireland that would be a light shining onto the world. And that's the vision that I share today. Given the support you've received so far, is this contest over before it's even begun? Uh, no, it's definitely not. It's um, day two of a 16-day contest. It started very well, uh, and I'm really humbled uh, at the level of support that I've received from my colleagues. Um, 
public reps across the country and members. Um, but uh, I'm also very keen now to get out around the country. Um, it's uh, because of a proposal that I made uh, almost 20 years ago at this stage uh, that members and councillors have a say, and I want them to have a say. Uh, and I'm very keen that um, that this contest should continue, and I really look forward to the hustings and look forward to the debates. Leo, you're here with uh, Pascal Donoghue today. Do you see him as your taunt if you become Taoiseach? Um, I haven't made any decisions like that whatsoever. Um, definitely not counting my chickens. Um, uh, but like I say, I'm really uh, heartened by the level of support that I've received from so many Cabinet colleagues, um, Pascal, of course, but also uh, many others and uh, a few more to come. Leo, are you the Boris Johnson of Irish politics as suggested by Simon Coveney? Uh, in fairness to Simon, I, I, I saw that interview last night and that's, that's, uh, that's, um, that's not what he suggested. Leo, we have a yeah, well, as things stand, that's not a decision uh, for me. It's a decision for the Minister of Finance, who is still Michael Noonan, uh, and the Cabinet. And the decision the government has made at this stage uh, is to proceed with the sale. Um, let's not forget that a huge amount of money was put into our banking system to rescue it, uh, to make sure that we would have a banking system, uh, that people didn't lose their deposits. Um, but the public want that money back. Uh, and we've got most of the money, if not all of the money, back from Bank of Ireland, and we want the money back from AIB too, and that involves selling those stakes, and uh, that will proceed. Well, you were the very person who said that we should not put one more red cent into the bank. Uh, shouldn't you really have resigned when that was the case, and thirty-six billion was put in instead? I remember you answering yeah. that question to me at the 2011 general. Yeah, I, I do, I do, and I, 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 remember, I remember saying that no more should be put in beyond what was committed already. And as you know, um, prior to that, uh, the outgoing government had made a commitment uh, to put money into those banks, and we didn't put in more uh, than was committed. Um, but, you know, bear in mind there were two bank bailouts, essentially. One uh, done by uh, the last government, or the, the government led by Fianna Fáil, which was uh, of Anglo-Irish and nationwide, will never recover that money. Um, the, the money put into the banks by our government was put into banks that are alive and survived, uh, Bank of Ireland and AIB. Uh, we've got the money back from Bank of Ireland. We want to get the money back now from AIB uh, and start paying down some of those debts. Leo, uh, Kate O'Connell said yesterday one of the reasons that she is voting for Simon Coveney is that he's bluer than blue and that his generational and his family ties uh, in Fine Gael, the suggestion being that you're a blow-in and not really true Fine Gael. Is that a concern for you when you go out to meet the membership? Uh, no, no it's, it's, it's not at all. Um, uh, you know, certainly my experience as somebody who joined Fine Gael, uh, and I joined, uh, I joined a party, Fine Gael, that I had no connection to. Um, but my parents are interested in politics, but neither of them were involved in politics. And I joined a party with um, you know, no particular family background and no particular pedigree. Uh, and yet Fine Gael embraced me, uh, took me into the party, uh, and gave me opportunities uh, to run for council. Um, to run for the Dáil, uh, and while I have enormous respect for people who come from a strong family background uh, in Fine Gael, uh, and many of them have come out to support me uh, in recent weeks, uh, Fine Gael is the party of opportunity, uh, and no matter what background you come from, uh, we are the party that will give people a chance, and gave somebody like me a chance, and that's the kind of country that and, I want to And that is exactly the experience that I've had with Fine Gael. Uh, I joined Fine Gael now nearly 25 years ago. And like Leo, I had no family background in the party. I had a family that were interested in current affairs, interested in politics, but didn't have any particular party allegiance. Uh, and I joined the party uh, and uh, have seen the opportunities that they have offered to people who are willing to work, who are willing to represent the party. Uh, and I've seen the party uh, embrace people from all backgrounds and all interests to allow them to play a role in Fine Gael. 
And that's the kind of Fine Gael that Leo was talking about rebooting, about extending the conversation that our party has had in the past to people who are not members of the party and people who are not supporters of the party and asking them to look at us afresh. And I believe Leo is the person who will be able to begin that discussion, talk about what we've achieved to those who have supported us in the past and those who haven't, and paint a new vision for our party and for the country. Why do you think Simon would not be able to In terms of, of the future and what you're going to do, you, you did say that you might merge finance and public expenditure. Are you going to do that? And are we looking at the next Minister for Finance? And also, back in 2015, you said you were going to be another 15 year in politics and then you'd be out. Are you sticking to that timeline now? Um, I'm, I'm, I've, I've, no, short answer. I'm absolutely committed to politics, uh, and so long as I feel I'm making a difference in politics, and I do feel I'm making a difference, uh, it's going to be um, a job and career for me. So long, of course, uh, as the people want me, uh, and I'm always very conscious of the fact um, that I'm only a TD. Only in this position, uh, by virtue of the fact that um, thousands of people in Dublin West, in my constituency, in my home place, uh, come out to vote for me, uh, and uh, that's really what determines uh, the length uh, of my career in this particular job. But um, I'm committed to it for the long term. Um, I'll be producing policy paper in the next couple of days. Uh, I don't want to give it all away today, um, but. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, all the details of um, the thoughts that I'm putting forward um, uh, are going to be in that. It's not a manifesto. Uh, one of the things I want to change is the way that policy is developed uh, in the Fine Gael Party. Uh, I'd like us to be more inclusive in decision-making, uh, involve our members, councillors and TDs much more in how decisions are made. Uh, but I will be issue, issuing a paper which uh, contains some proposals as to how we can renew the values of Fine Gael, uh, and some ideas uh, about the future of the country. And they're, they're ones that I will be putting in front uh, I wish to put in front uh, of um, the Fine Gael family uh, for endorsement, um, not just in this leadership election, but more importantly beyond that. You have a reputation for bonfire of the Quangles, mm. and you're currently pursuing uh, a campaign urging people to report social welfare fraud. Today you're talking about inclusivity and a social contract. Are you trying to disguise the fact that you're you know, way too right-wing to the RNC? Uh, no, I, I, I found, I suppose, the debate about left and right um, in the last couple of days to be a little bit curious, um, um, uh, or this sort of uh, contrast between um, a social democracy and Thatcherism and so on. Um, I think they're actually the debates of the 1980s. I don't think that's what modern politics is about at all. Um, I don't intend to hark back to any of the philosophies of the past. Uh, what I'm interested in is the philosophy of the future, and we see... Uh, now across the world, uh, a new divide in politics uh, between those who are regressive, who want to go back to uh, a past that they're nostalgic about that probably never existed. Uh, we've seen that in America, we see it with Brexit in Britain, uh, and those who are progressive, uh, those who look to a future, uh, one that's about uh, free trade, one that's about uh, freedom of the individual, um, one that is about enterprise, um, and one that is also about uh, a new social contract and social cohesion. Uh, and that's um, the kind of politics that I want to represent. Uh, I don't want to recreate uh, philosophies of the 70s or 80s or 60s. I want Ireland to be part of a move uh, around the world, as we've seen in France, uh, we've seen in the Netherlands and Austria and other places, uh, of people standing up to the old politics uh, of the far left and the far right, both of which are quite similar in my view. And that is the vision that Leo is offering that will unite this country and will allow a, an economy that is recovering to translate into a healed society. And look at Leo's record as Minister for Social Protection. 
Nobody raised any concerns about political priorities when he was the minister that brought in recognition and support for the self-employed in our social welfare system and social insurance system. This is the minister who, in negotiating with me and my department, was very clear that we had to bring in increased supports for lone parents. We had to bring in increased supports for people who are on carers' allowance. That if we were going to give an increase in one payment... For those who depend on pensions, it has to be a payment that was spread equally across all of society. And due to Leo negotiating for this, and due to the vision he laid out for that with me, we put in place a budget that put in place a change in social supports that allowed all of our most vulnerable to deliver and to, see, and to be recognised by this government and to get the support that they needed. That's his record as Minister for Social Protection. And in outlining the concerns he has in relation to fraud, all fraud is wrong. Um, as Minister for Social Protection, he is correctly saying that those who would look to defraud the system, that set up to support those who need help and deserve support the most is the right thing to do and sell alongside all of the additional investment he has secured for new policies to support those in need. Is it your hope that Leo will be a short-term leader and that you'll, you'll hopefully succeed him as deputy? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I couldn't be clearer today about the motives as to why I am supporting Leo. Uh, for a period of time, I had to make clear what my intentions were in relation to myself. Uh, I've outlined now for some time that I would not be a candidate and I said what I would do is look to identify the candidate that I believed had the best prospect and ability of delivering for New Ireland. Leo is the person who will do this. I believe if Leo is elected leader of our party, I believe if he's the next Taoiseach of the government, he has the ability to serve and to lead this country over many, many years. You've heard the vision he has outlined about how Ireland can be part of responding back to the politics of danger, the politics of risk and the politics of insecurity. Leo is a man that knows that the really right and the strong answers to uh, questions that we always face are not simple. But you and he's willing to go out and communicate them. You're not running, but you may run in the future. Well, I think I have been so clear now regarding where I stand uh, for leader. It's supporting Leo. I believe if and when Leo is to be elected, but we have a very exciting contest ahead that he will lead the country and lead our party for many, many, many years to come. Well, and I couldn't be clearer in my intention. What is it about Simon Colby that would make a good leader? I've wished Simon the best of luck in his campaign. I think the party is very lucky to have two such strong candidates, but I'm very clear that Leo has the qualities that are needed to lead our party and to lead our country. Okay, thank you. I I I Leo Varadkar ending his brief introductory remarks to the media by speaking Osgwelga to Mihal Lyon of Radio Nagaeltukta. Uh, of interesting note, by the way, uh, when I was coming out of government buildings on Wednesday afternoon, when news had just broken that Enda Kenny had called forward the meeting of Finnegal TDs, which would effectively mean confirming his resignation, bumped into Leo Varadkar on the way out of government buildings. He was on his way to an Irish language exam. He's been taking civil service Irish language courses for a few months now, and he was about to go off to a screwdo bail.
we hope it didn't delay him too much from that Fine Gael Parliamentary Party meeting. Anyway, that is where things stand. I don't think there is much uh, to be gained by going into any extra details about where things stand right now because it could be a busy weekend, there could be a lot of declarations one way or another and it doesn't make a huge amount of sense. Suffice it to say that for every single member of the Parliamentary Party that Coveney hoped to get and that Varadkar did get, he has to win another 23 county councillors just to make up the difference. And when you consider there are only 250 of them, it goes to show how much of an uphill battle it already is. But there we will leave it for now. I hope you'll understand that the slightly bare bones episode that we've left you with, but it's going to be just one of those moving situations. We will be back next Friday or Saturday. By then, we will have had the first Hustings event. We are going to have the first Fine Gael leadership debate between Simon Coveney and Leo Varadkar. That takes place in the Red Cow Hotel next Thursday evening. We'll be around next Friday evening or Saturday morning with a kind of a condensed highlights just to show you what's been going on or indeed any other major political events that have happened between now and then. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening as ever. But until then, I'm Gavin Riley, and that was The Week. Today FM.